Hey, what's going on? Welcome to a bonus episode of Angular Air. Uh, today we are going to be talking about the newly released Angular console. Uh, we got a bunch of team members from Narwhal here to discuss it, so we will get into it. First, let's say hi to our panelists joining us today. We've got Austin with us. Austin, what's going on? How's it going, everyone? Uh, I'm. When this first came out, I was like so excited. So I'm really excited for the show uh, to hear more about it. Nice. We got Mike with us. Mike, what's happening? Not too much. Um, as with Austin, I was pretty excited too, except I was a little bit more in the dark. I was on vacation last week and didn't see the announcement. So I'm like, Angular Console, what's that? That sounds new and different. And uh, so I'm excited to see uh, what it's all about because I haven't had to dig in or been able to dig in yet. Well, here's the perfect spot. We'll be able to get- I don't write front row seats. Awesome. All right, and yeah, we have a bunch of guests today, so let's just go down the list. First, we got Aishagol with us. Aishagol, how's it going? Hi, how are you? It's nice to be back. Always nice to have you. And we got Dan with us. Dan, how's it going? That's going okay, Justin. Can't complain. Nice, nice. James, how's it going? Good, thanks. This is my first time on Angular Air. I've been staring at you in now on meetings for ages, just waiting for the invite to come. But this is my first time. Very happy to be here. Yes, we need to line up your episode because we definitely need to have you on, so for sure. All right, Victor. How's it going, Victor? Hey, all right. Hi, everyone. Okay. So let's, uh, let's talk this Angular console. Maybe uh, somebody give us a rundown first of, of what it is and what we're talking about here. Sure. Uh, does anyone want to? Do I can do it. I will be sort of the uh, the fallback, the catch-all uh, clause. So when <laughs> no one wants to speak, I can speak. Um, okay. That uh, no one volunteered. So essentially, uh, what it is uh, is a different way to use uh, the Angular CLI. This is sort of the more, the more boring way to describe it. Uh, which is the Angular CLI is an excellent tool, uh, and as I wrote in the announcement. I think it transformed the Angular ecosystem by you know solving a lot of problems that we would solve usually sort of in an ad hoc fashion, like maintaining web pipe configs, figuring out how to do testing, uh, trying to unbreak source maps, all the things that are actually very, very hard, right? Exceptionally hard to do, the Angular CLI just solves, right? Or like most like most of the time it just solves. Uh, it also allows you to uh, uh, sort of promote best practices, right? If you have an organization. A certain folder structures laid out for you. People know which commands to run. All the things work, so it's great, right? Uh, as a result, because it does so much, it's maybe a bit too complex for some folks. Or a better way to put it, uh, sometimes you can find a different way to use the CLI, right? Or like a different uh, vehicle for delivering the same functionality, right? And that's what Angular Console is. Essentially, the UI for the Angular CLI. It's not a replacement or anything like that, right? If you use the Angular CLI under the hood. So it basically involves Angular CLI commands. So it's just a different way for you uh, to use the CLI. Right? It allows you to open projects, your Angular projects, create new ones, import existing ones, uh, run, gener run generators, like with schematics, you know, run commands like build and test, run PM scripts, install extensions, basically do sort of absolutely everything. Right now, it's not absolutely everything, but do everything that CLI does, at least uh, when we release file. And this is a standalone application, desktop application? Yeah, so it's a, it's a standalone app. And currently, we have two versions for Windows and for Mac. Actually, I looked at the stats yesterday, and 2 thirds of our users are uh, Windows users, which is excellent, because I switched to Windows laptop full time to make 
the Windows version work really well. So I'm truly committed to helping our Windows uh, uh, brothers and sisters, you know, be productive with Angular, right? And actually, I'm enjoying the laptop myself. So like, I can rant about the laptop for hours, right? Which I already did in the office, James knows. Uh, but uh, essentially, uh, it's a standalone app, you can get it, uh, you can run it, and you can sort of start working with your Angular apps using that app, right? Uh, and soon next week, uh, we're going to cut a version for Linux users as well. So those five of you uh, who are on Ubuntu, Arch, or whatever, right? Uh, you'll get uh, the app as well. So you mentioned that it's basically like a UI for the Angular CLI. And I know this isn't uh, Narwhal's first uh, dipping of the toes into the tooling arena uh, with, with right. NX. Uh -huh. um, now, is Angular console purely focused on providing an NX experience, or, or is it just extending the CLI, or both? Yeah, it's an excellent question. That's a very, very good question because you can have this impression knowing that we provide an X, which is an extension for the CLI, right? Uh, you can see, like, are you just targeting that? Are you basically helping your clients or are you helping everyone, right? And we want to do both, right? But fundamentally, Angular, Angular console uh, is a generic tool. It's a generic UI for the CLI, and there is nothing there in the logic that is an next specific or an X hardware, right? You can add your own set of schematics, or, or rather, it will recognize that your project has those schematics. Let's say if you do your native script app, right? And it will work exactly the same way. Uh, so it's a generic tool for, for the Angular CLI, even more so. Uh, to make sure this like this remains the case, right? We are uh, engaging with the Angular team, in particular with Steven, an excellent guy whom I really like, handsome as well. And uh, he has the right of veto, to basically veto any feature that we can put into the console that would make it a non-generic tool. Right, so anything that he can find slightly suspicious and say, "Hey, that seems like you're just benefiting yourself by adding a button that says transfer money to Victor because he wants to pay his mortgage sooner." Right, that is not good, right? And it won't go there, right? Without any discussion, they're going to remove uh, the functionality or close the PR, right? So we're committed to keeping it generic, truly generic. So we talked about, you know how we're keeping it generic and things like that is, you know, outside of putting a UI on top of it, is there any additional features that it provides um, that the Angular CLI doesn't provide? Right. Uh, okay. I can, I, say uh, that you, I can take that if you want. Yeah. Uh, so I would say not as such. So fundamentally we're leveraging the CLI behind the scenes. I think one of the great things it helps with is discoverability of features that are already in the CLI but because the CLI is so powerful and so um, capable of doing so many different things, it's often the case that you might not even know a feature exists. Um, one thing people might know exists, but even once you know exists is kind of, there's an element of discoverability about it, is adding extensions on top of the CLI. So if you want to create some schematics for yourself, or if you want to use some popular community schematics like NGRX or Angular Material or something like that, you can easily search for those. We've created a fairly comprehensive list out of the box in Angular Console to just search for those and add them with a click. So instead of going off to the relevant NPM page or GitHub or something like that to read about the schematics, uh, run your ng add commands, you can do that all visually and all uh, through uh, a simple to use search UI. So I would say that's, that's a good example of the things that we just shine a light on by having a UI in the first place. So it's not an extra, but it's something which you, you can kind of discover more easily. That's actually my favorite thing to make it that we make it very easy for other schematics to be discovered. Uh, the other thing I noticed is that 
um because we got a nice uh intro uh to the console yesterday from nathan walker as he kind of demoed his xplat pat platform using the uh console so it looked like uh, and like i said i haven't used it so i'm coming in fresh here uh that you were able to access uh and generate through multiple schematics um mm -hmm. but i know that's not something that's available directly from the cli um it, how are you going about yeah. managing that and to be able to add multiple schematics in. Uh, so uh, let me talk about uh, that. Let me first add a point to the previous question, because I just want to quickly add one before we move on to, 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 to far right, and then we can talk about this. So regarding the previous question, currently, mostly what the control does is what the CLI does, right? Uh, meaning that what you run in the terminal, you sort of get here, we just help you with the input side most of the time. Right? The input side is like provisioning all the parameters and figure out what needs to run, right? And we give you some feedback where you're typing stuff in, we can run validations, other complete stuff for you. Like it's useful, but we are more mainly focusing on the input. So in principle, you have the same input when you're punching stuff in the terminal, which we actually show you. What we aren't doing uh, enough yet is helping you with your output, right? Because currently the output essentially is exactly what the CLI will give you. You see the same text, right? And uh, so uh, what we're going to do before we cut the final, uh, which will happen relatively soon, is we're going to help you with the output as well, right? And because the tool is generic, we want to do it in such a way so, so we don't hardcore it for like one command and just say like, if you run build that we provide, it works. If you run anything else, right? It doesn't work, right? Uh, and a lot of other uh, UI for the CLI solutions kind of uh, do it in this way. They have a switch statement somewhere. It says, I recognize that thing. Let me show you something specific for that very thing, right? And we want to avoid that because for any real project in if you go to any real client, they have a lot of very custom stuff, right? Uh, written. So you want to make sure it works. Uh, so I spoke with, uh, with Alex Eagle and a few other folks, you know, uh, team to see how can we get that information, right? And uh, at some point in the future, hopefully sooner than later, the CLI is going to emit event similar to how Basil does it, you know, describing what's going on when you're running the command. At which point, Angular console, even though it will still do what the CLI does, uh, will be an even more different way of uh, actually using it, right? Because you can actually visually see knobs and charts and things like that, right? Corresponding to the command you're running, right? Uh, so even though it, again, it, the CLI can still do it, the view will be very different. Right? The way it consumes information will be very, very different, right? Uh, regarding schematics, essentially the way it works currently, uh, Mike, is that we looked at the schematic collection set and your package adjacent, and we just uh, essentially traverse that. So if you if something doesn't work in the CLI, it won't work in Angular console. We don't do magical things that somehow fix the CLI. No, we don't do anything like that, right? And that that's intentional, right? Even if we don't like certain parts, and everyone has different preferences, right? In terms of like, I would like that command to be slightly differently. We avoid changing it in any way because I think it's important for the end user to know that what they, uh, regardless of which tool they use to interact with the CLI, either the terminal or the UI, the result will be the same, right? Uh, so you don't get this, like, and now I need to remember that thing extra, right? Uh, so that's that's important, right? Similarly, we want to do it in such a way that, you know, all, everything works in a generic fashion for the same very reason, right? If, let's say, we cover 80% of the functionality of the CLI and it works super great, at 20% we just avoid it because we didn't hardcore it somewhere in some switch statement. What's going to happen is that users will have to switch to the terminal 20% of the time, right? And it sucks, right? It means that if someone doesn't want to use the terminal or feel uncomfortable using the terminal, they'll have to do it. And now they have two tools to use instead of one, right? 
And the idea is that you want to use one tool predominantly, right? Which means that you have to behave exactly the same way the CLI does. And you have to be generic. So everything you can do with the CLI, you can do here. And you don't do anything extra, really, apart from things like all the completion, the niceness on top, right? Hey, before we go any further, where can people get this at? Personally, email me with your bank account, and then then I might send you a copy, uh, a fresh build. Uh, but you can also go to angularconsult.com and download it from there. It's free and it's MIT licensed, you know. So uh, get it. You know, we're not going to like it's basically a real open source project that is mainly built by us right now. But we hope more folks will contribute to in the near future. So I assume this is a Electron app built on Angular? It's actually a beautiful thing. The Electron piece itself is relatively straightforward, and uh, I would say not that sophisticated, but it is an Angular app. And even more so, it's a stateless Angular app, meaning that everything you see in there is a reflection of the final system, right? So if you change it, and then we'll demo it in a bit, when you change stuff in the final system, the Angular console will immediately reflect that, because it's just a different way to look at the final system, right? And interact with the terminal. And the way it's written, actually, it, I, I highly encourage you to play with the code and see how it works. That we have a GraphQL endpoint, we use Apollo, uh, so to, to provide the end, like the API that the UI part uses, right? So you can interact with this API yourself by just, you know, hitting slash GraphQL and see what you can get out of it. So in principle, if you're very, uh, uh, you have like a weekend to kill, you can just get the project and build your own UI on top of the endpoint that we provide, right? And you can have a very different UI experience, right? Uh, with all, the whole infrastructure bit, you know, behind the scenes, uh, working, you know, in a true really genetic way. Hey, will it uh, auto update? We, uh, we we made sure that that part works. So when we cut another beta, which should happen next week, hopefully, you know, all of you will get all of you who are the users of Angular console. And if you're not, uh, well, that's too bad. Yeah. You should you should become one, right? Uh, you'll get the fresh like an update version. Cool. All right. So what, what features does it have? And we talked a little bit, we heard a little bit about like these schematics and stuff like that, everything that the Angular CLI can do. Um, maybe we can kind of run down what that is. Maybe I should show it off as long as we're talking about its features. I, I have one quick question before you do. Um, so you mentioned um, auto updating and versioning. So if I'm assuming this is a standalone tool that you can point to multiple projects. Does it tailor the experience based upon the version of each individual project? So if I have an older project that's maybe used in version six that I don't update, and in six months I have an Angular 7 application, will it automatically parse and determine which version I'm using in a given project to provide a relative experience for that? So the question is, uh, I mean, the question is yes, and then there is like an asterisk that I'm going to cover <laughs> with. So uh, first, it, it works only with Angular 6 plus projects. So it has to be Angular 6, uh, because Angular 6 is such a big jump in terms of what, or there are the CLI 6. The CLI 6 is such a big jump compared to CLI 1.x. Targeting both is just, it's very hard. And also CLI 1.x is just not as flexible. So it doesn't give you as much information. So it's harder to build this experience, a uh, generic experience, right? Uh, so in general, when you go to a project, you use the version of the CLI that you use in your project. Right, so it is there, that's what you use, right? That's what the tool is using. Um, so it will work basically if you're having a CLI 6 project and a CLI 7 project, it will use CLI 7 for, 
for the CLS7 project and it will use the CLS6 for CLS6 project. The asterisk there is that if you start making drastic changes in terms of how you, you know, connect your schematics and your JSON, like basically all the metadata that your schematics and your builders have, right? Uh, we will have to support that, right? Right now, we basically support CLS6 because that's the one that's out there, like that's available. Once we have breaking changes or new functionality in terms of metadata that only works with CLS7, right? That we want to take advantage of, uh, you know, the two obviously will have to differentiate between them, right? And uh, we'll check your current version, your, your local version, the version of your project, right? And we'll decide what to do, uh, like uh, which behavior to implement. Uh, another asterisk of the even on the side, right, is that uh, the, CLI, uh, the tool comes with Angular CLI statically linked, essentially bundled in, right? Why is that, you can ask? You can say, Victor, this is crazy, right? And it's not crazy for the following reason. Uh, we want to have the, same, the following experience, which is if I get a, like a brand new uh, Lenovo laptop or whatever, right? And uh, I brought it home and I'm happy. Right? And I want to start building Angular apps because I'm happy. If I have to install tools, like install Node and PM, then install global packages, uh, like I can get confused, lose my motivation, you know, and uh, become a hockey player or do something else, right? Uh, because like we want it to be that you get a laptop, you install one thing and it works, right? For it to work, right, uh, truly reliably, we want the thing to be bundled in. We want it to be in there because we know it's in there. We know the version. We know that that version of the CLI is going to work, right? Uh, so what we so right now it comes with the CLI embedded, right? So uh, and right now the tool is called Angular Console Six because it comes with CLI Six. When CLI Seven comes out, Angular Console Seven will come out that will contain the CLI Six, right? Uh, what we're going to add soon is your ability to provision different versions of the CLI. At which point. Uh, this you know this embedded version is not going to be used. Right? You have to download stuff on the internet. You know more will be involved. So there is a you know you have a like high chance of something going wrong, right? Because it is possible when you do npm g something gets screwed up, right? And nothing works, right? So you want to have a way where nothing can get screwed up, where everything is as reliable as it gets, right? That no matter how new you are to programming, how broken your global not modules are, you can still build an Angular project. Any new feature you like, Mike? Uh, Victor is going to do it before his wedding in two weeks. So anything you want. Yes, yeah, I can sneak it in, right? So <laughs> let me know. Uh, all right, I will get uh, into the repo and dig through the code, and I will uh, hit you up with a bunch of issues. All right, Dan, you want to show some stuff? Sure, let's show some stuff. OK, let's do a thing, share a thing. Can you see the thing? We can see this console thing, yes. Yep. Dude, great. So OK, this is the console. Um, and you might notice that uh, Angular console is inside of the console. Uh, this is part of the way that I built it, uh, was using itself, which is kind of cool. But anyway, what is it? What does it do? So here you can sort of see like all of your like Angular workspaces. Most people only have one. But if you are, I don't know, a hacker extraordinary, you might have like a couple pet projects, and you can have some favorites that you keep at the top, or some lesser important ones, like some workspace that doesn't really matter. Um, and if you're brand new um, and you don't have any workspaces, uh, you basically see a get started guide that 
allows you to create or import an existing workspace, which is kind of cool. And creating a workspace basically just runs ng-new. You just select where you want it to be, and you give it a name, and you say if you want it to just have the default schematic set or our sexy narwhal schematic set, which is just very, very cool. Uh, cool people choose that option. But um, additionally, you can also just import you know, an old project that you have. And when you do, uh, you get to see this page, which is kind of nice. Um, and this page sort of gives you an overview of all of your uh, Angular CLI projects, which is sort of a new concept that's part of CLI 6. But basically, uh, what this means is like it shows you a list of your applications, and it shows you a list of your reusable parts of uh, like reusable individual projects, which in NX, like we call those libs. Um, Angular CLI calls them projects, but they're just like reusable entities. And, and so this is the view of we're looking at a, a one of our workspaces right now, right? And we're seeing all the stuff within that workspace. Yeah, we're actually looking at the Angular console itself. Um, like we yeah. can build itself and I can open it in a browser and we have a very similar view to what we're looking at now. Yeah. So we see some of our ng commands there, right? In the representatives buttons. So we got build, we got test, we got serve. That's cool. Yeah. We sort of uh, made a decision of what people are most likely to do. Um, we think that people really like generating components and really like testing, or, or we hope they really like testing. Um, that remains to be seen. Uh, but yeah, these are just quick actions that we think people are most likely to run on uh, an individual project. And um, so, Victor, you mentioned about it being generic and just reading and, and doing what everything the Angular CLI does. So I'm assuming that if we're looking at this and we see, you know, the Angular console application has serve, test, and build. Uh, the E2E doesn't have anything. The, the libraries have this test. Is that because that's surfacing what the architect in Angular CLI, what, what commands are underneath there that could actually run for those individual projects? Yeah, uh, that is correct. Right. So we... Uh, yeah, and I, then we'll show it in just a second. You can actually look at all the tasks you can you can run, right? Uh, but we sort of know the three or four that you are likely to run very frequently, right? Uh, and we show those. What I think we might do in the future, which we don't do right now, is we can collect the data about what you are likely to run, and maybe you know that list of quick actions right now, which is fixed, right, uh, can become a bit more variable. So we would know that you like to test a lot. Uh, but you also like to lint super hard, right? So you can add like test and lint. So you can lint from this page instead of going to the other page that or the other screen that Dan is going to show in a second. But this is really cool because what we can see right now is, is we've been presented with this metadata that typically we have to dig into the angular.json file to discover, right? We have to see all the list of our projects in that uh, configuration. Uh, we have to look at the architect node and see all the different commands that can be run. And right here in this UI, we've got all of that surface to us quickly, as well as the ability to just run those as well with a click. That's that's really cool. It is really cool. I agree, Justin. Well said. Um, you know what else is really cool is being able to open external applications, which you can do with these top buttons. You can open it in Visual Studio Code one of the greatest text editors ever created by man, and also WebStorm and others that we'll add over time. Or the Finder, which is, you know, you can look at files, so that's great. Anyway, moving on. Um, Victor was alluding to uh, 
basically this screen, which is a much more verbose version of these quick commands. This is like all the available commands that you have to run. Um, basically, they come from the different schematic sets that you have installed. This particular workspace has uh, our narwhal schematics and the default set. So you can do the things you'd expect to do, like generate a class or a directive or you know, a module. And when you do, uh, you sort of are presented with uh, a UI, um, which represents all the flags that that command supports. And it tells you when the command's ready to be run, because this button won't be disabled. And it'll display the commands that you're building down here. So if I'm making a module and I give it a name called uh, that module, you know, it'll represent that name down here and show you the exact commands that we're building with this UI. But generally, we're just building a command that you could just as easily run in a terminal. And we'll have the same output. To be clear, that terminal, with air quotes, that terminal you're showing below is not an actual terminal, or is that just a display there to reflect uh, what would be run? It's a. It's not really a terminal. Like, I mean, it depends on your definition. But basically, the one down here just shows like the literal dry run results. Like, we do ng generate module with dry run, and we display the exact result set in here. And so, like, we're sort of like this isn't like the literal terminal app on Mac. Like these buttons don't actually work, but you know, it's just a visual representation of what would be executed. Yes, that is correct. It's a read-only view of what would be executed. Yeah, Although we do, we do leverage the same tooling that they use inside of the Hyper Terminal app. If you've ever seen that from Zeit, uh, so that's that's huh? an Electron Terminal app, and we leverage the same fundamental yeah. library to to represent that terminal output. So you, it's kind of a terminal, but yeah, it's it's running entirely within the Angular Console app. Okay, and I just, just want to make sure it wasn't an experience like VS Code provides, where you can actually type and execute other commands uh, within there. Not right now. Okay, yeah, I'm just trying to set expectations for people like mm -hmm. myself who haven't seen or used uh, the console yet. Yeah. Yeah. So aside from being a read-only view, uh, like when you choose to generate it, you know, it shows you the CLI output, so you get some useful things like um, what files are created and stuff like that. Um, and that's pretty much it. Like, uh, the UI is kind of cool in that we like do auto completion for some things. Like, uh, I for one don't remember like what my projects are on a regular basis, and I don't really want to have to go parse a JSON with my eyes. So this is sort of a nicer flow. Um, mostly because think... like, oh yeah, go on. So I was going to say I think this is one of the single most important things that people might overlook if they just read, oh, there's a UI for the CLI. And they might dismiss it as something which is just a tool for beginners, because I'm a, I'm a command line expert. I use the command line every day, and I, therefore, I know uh, what I'm doing. But it's not just about the capability, the ability to run commands in a terminal. It's about how much time do you spend looking up commands, how much time do you spend looking up the different flags for commands, how many times do you look up the names of your, as Dan said, the names of your own projects because you can't remember the casing or something like that. So it's about just improving productivity through these very small efficiency gains, which add up to an awful lot over the course of a day, over the course of a week, over the course of a year. And if you're doing that across multiple team members where everyone's using this tool, it can really, really add up to a lot of efficiency savings. So I think that's the thing is Angular Console is not necessarily just allowing people a way to discover the CLI if they're not a developer, if they're not a command line user. 
I think it's really beneficial for all Angular users. That's how we're, that's, that's our, our aim is to, to make it valuable for everybody. Yeah, to that point, like even at the very early stages of like creating this thing, um, like when it was just Victor and I hacking on it and it didn't have much of a UI, I still used it to build Angular console because it's just it's just nice. Like despite like having a very like well like depth of knowledge of how the CLI works, I still type the commands wrong because I'm bad at spelling. All programmers are bad at spelling. So like I don't know. It just it's really nice to have this here so you can't screw up. Because screwing up just makes you feel dumb. And this makes you feel really smart because it always works. So what's under that optional field? Oh, oh, Justin, um, I'm glad you asked. So um, up here, we've sort of identified like required fields and fields that we think are like you're more likely to use than others. Um, but down here are you know the others, the ones that you aren't going to use as much, like toggling on and off spec. Like, why would you ever not generate a spec with your module? That would be insane. Um, but all these flags are here. They're all the same flags that the commands in the CLI support. Uh, and you know, they're here for you to use if you'd like to. So I noticed there's different inputs. You know, like you've got the toggle switch, you got the drop down. Like how are those controlled in terms of um, you know from the schematics? Oh well, I'm glad you asked. So the schematics um, support like a couple kinds of flags, um, one of which is obviously a Boolean. Uh, so we like identified the type, and we're like, oh, this is a Boolean. Uh, Booleans map really well to sliders, so we're going to show people a slider. Um, other things, like projects, we're just like, it's a general text field, but uh, we just decided that we would apply our own secret sauce on top of like adding a generic string. So we offer an autocomplete menu. So that's sort of like we have a white list of terms that get the special treatment. Um, and other things are just generic text fields. So you know, you type a generic string, sort of like that. And we don't have one on this page. But if we go to the component one, uh, there should be um, a regular drop down. Like these aren't. We haven't done any secret sauce on top of here. These are just all the different types of change detection that the CLI supports. So we display them as an autocomplete menu. So you don't have to remember like that you have to capitalize the word native because I never remember that ever. And so is that something that's defined in the schematic JSON file right there, the options that are available for that particular field? Or is that some magic code inside of Angular Console that's, that's deciding that it's view encapsulation and finding those options? Uh, yeah, they're they're hard coded. Like the tool's meant to be generic. Like the schematic supports like these uh, enum type flags, and you have to specify what, like what valid enum uh, like values are. And so even the Angular component schematic does this, and it has like these four options inside of it. Yeah. Well, three options and unset. But yeah. So uh, it, it is like as Dan mentioned, uh, just to make it very clear that. The tool is generic in the sense that we just treat the same metadata that the CLI uses, you know, to, to, to execute stuff. And this includes the types of fields. And for example, view encapsulation, those three values are in the metadata that the CLI or as the default kind of schematics come with, right? So we don't have those anywhere, right? The magic sauce that we add a little bit, just a little bit, is in identifying things like what folks are likely to use, right? If you look at, for example, we have 
the important field and optional field. The CLI doesn't differentiate between them, right? All the fields are created equal uh, in the CLI. There are no like two classes of fields, right? Because we know that you are looking at the component schematic, and we just like we have a little bit of things there for folks who are, uh, you know, because we know how often you're going to use it. We want to help you just a little bit by seeing the stuff that you are likely to use, right? But if you open a schematic that is not part of the uh, default set, let's say you have an organization uh, flamboyant narrow and you build your own flamboyant narrow schematics, you'll open those and you'll see those in a flat set, right? So you want like some of the secret sauce will go away, but most of it will work in exactly the same way. So just like a, a few things will become slightly less smart, right? Uh, uh, but it will still work. You can still, you know, you still get the other completion, the drop downs will work, you know, the bullets will be displayed as toggles, and all those things will work in the graphics away. Just a, a little bit of smartness will be removed. Um, I think I may have found uh, a possibility of offering an idea for a feature. If you go back to the component um, generate, uh, one of the things within there is a style extension. Is it possible to read defaults that would be set in the global? Uh, so if I've configured my workspace for this to always generate lesser SAS files or stylus files by default, are you able to parse those defaults in to include within here uh, before generating? Yeah, we should be able to do that. Yeah, it's just uh, an omission. Take a good idea, Mike. Send an issue. Or APR. APR is better. The idea right now is that with the CLI, you can specify defaults within yep. your Angular yep. and to be able to parse those and uh, predefine those uh, within here. Yep. Yeah. In general, like this field has made me very sad. I know it should, like there is a concrete set of style extensions that are supported and it's still a general text field, but uh, you know, that will be fixed because it annoys me and I contribute to the projects. You could also fix things that annoy you and also contribute to the projects. So this is one of my favorite features, not only because of the fact that it surfaces all these options and things that we talk about in terms of you don't have to remember all these things, um, you can see the different fields, but I, I feel like the schematics gives everybody a lot of power to do their own custom schematics and everything like that, right? And the metadata file that you have there, you can define a lot of stuff and really scope that, but I think a lot of people end up like rushing that out, right? And adding these schematics and don't really put the fine details into their metadata for their schematics. But if you do, then the, this Angular console is going to give you even a better experience with that, you know, with a multi-select dropdown and things like that. Um, so mm -hmm. it really hopefully will guide people to really spend the time to dial in their schematics and, and that configuration of that metadata, because then it'll really be even more productive in this experience here. So Yeah, I agree, Justin. I think that's it's a very similar to how, if you look at, for example, type systems or type languages, right? If you use a, let's say, a very... Uh, not down, but sort of, you know, a very text-oriented way of dealing with this program. Like, say, you, like, you open Vim, just hack and win, right? Uh, you're having, like, TypeScript support or, like, even, let's say, Haskell support, most sophisticated support, right? Uh, what at, at that much? Because your tooling doesn't uh, benefit from having that information, from having the type information that you, like, uh, the language provides, right? But if you switch to VS Code or IntelliJ or anything like that, and the information that you use, then you start valuing type languages quite a bit more, right? Because you have you have all these refactoring capabilities, lots of other things, right? That are just given uh, to you, right? And you're like a lot more productive, right? Similarly, the Angular CLI uh, six it actually provides a lot of static information, right? That we like the Angular console uses, but other tools can use as well, right? And if you're coming from a different uh, background, from a different community, 
right, from a different front-end community, you can say, oh, that's extra. That's not really needed, right? It seems unnecessary, it just complicate things. No, it doesn't just complicate things, right? Because you have that information, you can write generic tools like that, right? When nothing is hard-coded, there is no switch statement anywhere, right? And it will work properly because we can, you know, like search for that information through the UI. Cool. Uh, I see that we can like put in different extensions and things like that here. Is is there a way for it to like pick up the the options that we already have like configured and things like that, so we don't have to like actually put these in or it rely on the defaults of, of you know, the the UI here? That that's what I suggested. I'm actually typing an issue into the repo right now. Yeah, it'll get added. It's a really good idea. It just got plus one by the sound of it. <laughs> Sorry, Brock. <laughs> All right, Dan, what else? OK. Um, so that was like generating. Like, but you also do some other things some other, some other time, other than generating code. Um, for example, uh, you might have some NPM scripts that you make that you like to run. Like, If you have a custom like start script, which does ng serve and also starts your uh, like API server at the same time, um, you might have created like an NPM script for it. And you can run one of those. Uh, you can give it some arguments. You can run it. Uh, and additionally, you can also do anything that's the Angular CLI uh, do out of the box, like do ng build, ng lint, ng serve, ng test. And you can also do these things specifically for an individual project. Like if you want to lint, like, if you don't want to lint the whole world and you just want to lint this one library that you've been working on, you can do that too. And you get all the little knobs that ng-lint gives you here, um, like the fix flag, which is the best of all the flags, in my opinion. And then you can run it, and it runs, and theoretically fixes all of your lint issues for you. Can you bring up the build one? Because that's something we're kind of probably familiar with running ng-build. Yep. Um, you got your AOT flag, your watch flag, some other things that people probably don't use. And you can run it. And it starts running. And it shows you Webpack churning. And eventually, it'll stop churning, and you can launch your Angular app. So this is what Victor was talking about, where we currently show you the exact output that you would get if you ran this manually in a terminal. Obviously, with all the benefits of the input being better, um, or more more intuitive rather, and uh, this is this is an area we can really start to explore in the future, where we take uh, a different form of output, for example, like some JSON output from from the Angular CLI itself, and we could visualize that for you. We could show how your builds have changed over time. We could show all kinds of interesting things, uh, and uh, there's there's interesting inspiration from other tools, from things like the Vue CLI UI that exists out there. So that's something we're keeping a close eye on, and uh, we'll bring uh, some really cool things to this. I have yeah, a few have... requests to add emojis. <laughs> Just like everywhere. floating all over the app. Yeah. In the console. It makes me so happy when I Yarn install, and it's got all the fun emojis. Yeah. I think that's an Angular CLI request. Yeah. I logged an issue about it, and they, they shut me down on it, so. 
Hey, so Dan, can you go back to that uh, the run screen real quick, please? Sure. Yeah, clear. Okay, so it's actually surfacing these these npm scripts in package JSON, like you mentioned, right, right up there at the top. Yep. Yeah, just so, parses your package JSON under the scripts field. So KS Monsters in our chat yet question, um, and I think it's basically if if I had a custom npm script to run build right with some flags AOT or whatever, um, that would surface in here that I could run my custom build script right from a click here as well. Correct? Yeah, that's correct. Um, and currently, like you just you don't get much. Like you can add generic arguments, um, okay. but theoretically, in the future, uh, that might be a little bit better. Yeah, one of our uh, sort of my things to do right is to enable you to type your npm scripts in a similar way uh, you do with CLI command. So you can describe the shape of all the inputs so we can generate the same form, right? Because uh, a lot of companies have like a layer of npm scripts on top of default CLI commands, right? We want to make sure those work in the same, like in a very nice way. Uh, one thing I want to also ask them to do, I'm not sure how visible it's going to be, but if you open VS Code right now, right? And you just add a new script, even if it's a, like a Cecilia script, like just echoing your name, you will see that script appearing in that list instantly, right? That is true. Um, let me share my entire screen, and maybe we can see. Hide everything that is not uh, not to you know that you don't want everyone to see. Thousands of people will see a whole screen, so be aware. Sure. Yep. All of those. Yep. I'm not going to make any jokes. Um, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> As you're doing that and carrying that up, I have a question. So um, I see the vision uh, with what you're going here to make everybody more performant and more um, to make everything discoverable. Um, can you talk a little bit about what your thoughts are regarding UX for performance, uh, like user performance, to be able to perform actions as quickly as possible if you've thought about uh, potentially adding keyboard shortcuts or navigation uh, shortcuts or anything like that right. to be able to improve uh, developer productivity? That's a great question. Yeah, I think that everything you should you should be able to do absolutely everything without ever touching the mouse. This is my uh, goal, right? So all the tools I use professionally can be used without touching the mouse, right? This includes email, my to do list, and in the editor, right? I, I can do including the side and the windows and stuff, right? Has to happen through the keyboard, right? So currently we we don't do any of that, apart from the default stuff that might just happen to work, right? Uh, but you know, it's coming soon. Right? Before the final result, we want to add some basic navigation shortcuts so you can start typing command, and it will just you know show you options, you know, that you are likely to to go to or screens you're likely to go to. And similar to if you are familiar with like Things Three on on Mac, right? Uh, that's the app where you can start typing anywhere, just random stuff, and it will figure out anything that's remotely related to what you're typing. It would allow you to navigate, and it works really well, right? You don't want to have any special shortcut go to approach. No, I just want to blindly type feature blah, right? And being like and being redirected there, right? So, way to set expectations, thing. Victor. <laughs> <laughs> no, that it has to be either this or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't expecting anything to be there out of the box. I mean, you just have one beta release at this point, so I wasn't expecting anything uh, to be there. I just was curious uh, what future plans would be. Because um, I know conceptually, a lot of websites have moved to the idea of, all right, you hit slash, it brings you up to a search. And that might be yep. a concept that you could be able yeah. to start to say, yeah. all right, I want to generate and what you want to generate to be able to yeah. do there. 
No, I, I believe me, on the same page. You know why? Because this hand is tired, right? <laughs> the hand that I use to move my mouth actually hurts a lot. My re I have serious wrist pain, right? Which means that it's easier for me to keep my hands on the keyboard, right? And because I use the tools, it will have to work very soon. Otherwise, I'll have to cut off my hand. Yeah, in general, um, I've noticed that like the majority of web apps that are like really big, like Google Inbox, use Vim key bindings. Like you can actually just navigate them um, the same way that you would navigate code in Vim. So that's probably going to get added at some points. Konami code will have to do something as well at some point. <laughs> probably. I'll make a giant narwhal appear or something. Yeah. OK, are you guys ready to see some live updating in real time? Yeah. Great. The answer is yes. OK, we're going to do it. Great. I tested it while everybody was talking, so I know it works. I was really scared about that. Anyway, OK, so we have this new script that I haven't saved. I'm about to save it. OK, get ready. OK, I saved it. Oh, there it is. There's the new script. OK, it works. It's a, it's a great product. Oh my gosh, um, it even animated in. I know, right? Didn't it? Oh, fuck. Very Sorry. fancy. Um, very fancy. Yeah. So good. Okay. Yep. With proof of concepts, it all works. And just to make make it super clear, right? We don't have any specific logic for updating your scripts. The UI doesn't have any state. Anytime you touch the file system in any way you want, right? Uh, the UI is going to pick it up and reflect it. I think in like two seconds or whatever the timeout is, right? So uh, that's a very important property, right? So there is nothing there hardcore when it comes to reflecting changes in your in the UI, right? No matter what you do, you can screw it up in any you want, uh, it will reflect it in two seconds. Yep, very true. Okay, so I'll stop sharing again. What's that uh, puzzle piece over there? The puzzle piece is very interesting. All right. Okay, so the puzzle piece is uh, what we were talking about at the very beginning of the podcast, where we have um, basically all the like extensions to the CLI that we know of currently. Um, and so we have them as a list here. Uh, we obviously have our narwhal extensions or schematics, which are you know super, super cool. We have the material ones, which are also super cool. And a lot of other ones that you might have not known about. But we have a, you know, a relatively good list of them. And as more come out, um, we'll try to add them. Uh, if you have a set that you really like, you can ping us and we'll add it. Um, but basically, it's just a way to discover what's available for you to use with the CLI. To, to add to this, uh, uh, we're talking with the Angle team to have like a list of uh, you, the sort of preferred extensions. You know, like if you go to let's say the VS Code uh, marketplace and you will see all the extensions that the VS Code has, right? As a bunch, right? So you might be confused by it, intimidated, and scared. Right? Don't be scared because we have a list of things that. You're likely to use something that they recommend, right? Having something like this here, uh, right now the list is not ginormous, so it doesn't really make sense. Uh, but soon, right, having a uh, sort of preferred list uh, uh, would appear, right? Like where you would see things like material and GRX, you know, and X and other things like that. So, do we know? Does any of the material have schematics for it? Uh, they do, in fact. And we're using them. Uh, they're already installed here. Uh, this whole thing was built using um, Angular Material, uh, and they don't really use like many generate commands, but they use schematics sort of uh, 
so that when you update from one version to another, they can do uh, auto fixes for you or auto migrations from one version to the next. So the reason I ask is I see that that's installed in this workspace, right? So if I went to the code commands in there in the Angular console, would those surface if there was any? If there was any, they would. Um, like basically, uh, with our narwhal schematics, like if they weren't already installed and I hit install, uh, that's basically the mechanism by which they would be added here. They're already installed, so they're already here. But if they weren't, this list would not exist. So then as soon as I go in and say NGRX schematics and I install that package in my workspace, boom, Angular consoles got the NGRX schematics available to me to run within the console, right? Very sure. Um, that is yes. But we, <laughs> uh, right before the release, we broke it. I'm on it for the next release. It will be yeah. definitely working. And it's week yeah. before for breaking it, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it's a good answer. So it's, uh, uh, it's, uh, in principle, it works. But in practice, it uh, uh, doesn't. <laughs> but it will next week, OK? <laughs> I knew the list would come out that will fix it. So. Is it just the live? update that's not working? I mean, if I shut down Angular, if I installed it, shut down Angular console, open up Angular console again, those schematics would be there. Is that correct? Well, the, uh, we know that you installed it. So it's in the installed extension list. But uh, we made a mistake with the, uh, saving it in the GraphQL. So it will be fixed next week. But um, it's not a problem with live update. Live update works in um, every case, right? Gotcha. Yeah, that's basically all the features we have in that singular console. Okay, so then is this screen right here, um, it it starts off not showing any workspaces, and then you basically either open ones or create ones, and then Angular console, the instance of the application, keeps track of which ones you've opened, and and then you can manage them going forward. Correct? Yep, that's correct. We want to make sure that. I don't know. You might open a bunch of projects, but not all of them are going to be super special to you. You might just be checking one out on GitHub. So that's why we have a list of your favorites. And if you're a brand new user and you're just getting like started with Angular, we wanted to like make it not so scary to get started because I don't know, having to get started with a CLI when you've never coded is like phenomenally scary. Uh, but this button, you know, it flashes and it has a ripple effect, and it I don't know. It gives you a nice dopamine rush when you click it. And this looks like a file tree that you've seen before. So the goal is like when you're just getting started, you're a brand new user, it's just not so scary. Very nice, very nice. All right, so uh, what does the immediate future hold for the console? And, and what does the long-term future hold for it? I can talk about it a little bit. Uh, the most immediate future is fixing bugs, making sure it's uh, uh, you know it's more robust, uh, it doesn't break. You know, fixing some UX uh, things that we need to address based on the feedback we receive. Right. So we're going to do it uh, for the next couple of weeks. Uh, then uh, the next step, right, is what I talked about before: is showing you a different view of the output of commands. Right. Right now we show you essentially what the terminal shows you. I want to give you a graphical view, you know, of what build does, a sort of a test and stuff like that, right? After which we'll probably call it final, right? We want to do it 
relatively soon because I think the product is already quite robust, right? We spend a lot of time testing before, you know, release in public. We, you know, showed it to a lot of people, got the feedback. So it's not the beta you usually see, you know, if you go to like open source world, the beta usually means that at best, it won't, you know, steal your money or whatever. <laughs> so it's like, it's really, really bad, right? Here, it's actually quite robust. The only reason why we call it beta and not something, you know, uh, grandiose is that we actually want to be transparent, that we don't think it's fully ready, right? Not everything is in there, you know, but uh, in a few months it will be. So that's sort of the plan in terms of relation and going to final, right? We're also talking to the Angular folks, uh, uh, the team in particular, right? To make it more of a, like a, uh, an official thing, right? Uh, for example, right now we control the distribution. We are the ones who build the bindings, right? So we have the power, uh, you know, a lot of power, which feels good, but you know, uh, we don't want to have it, right? We want to give the power to Steven, right? From the Angular team, so he can build the distribution, right? Uh, that's essentially, what the future is, right? We want to make it a, a, a tool that absolutely everyone who starts with Angular will feel comfortable with and will know that it's supported, you know, the Angular team supports it, you know, it's uh, it's there. Uh, if you go to Angular, you would like to see a link there that, you know, would lead you to, uh, to the download page. Very nice. Exciting stuff. Future looks bright. Anybody else have any last uh, questions or comments about it that we want to get in here before we wrap up? Just shout it out if you do. All right, I'll uh, take that as a, we, we've got it all covered. All right, well, thank you to all the Narwhal team that came and talked about this. Ijigal, Dan, uh, James, and Victor, we appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank and you. Check it out. Try it. AngularConsole.com. Uh, right? Windows, Mac, coming soon to mm -hmm. Linux. Uh -huh. Yeah. All right. Thanks a lot. Have a good one. Thanks.